0: Over in the book of Isaiah, in chapter 59, verse 14, the prophet says, Justice is turned back, and righteousness stands afar off. For truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. So truth fails, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. I was kind of struck by that that phrasing that he uses, therefore truth is falling in the street. What he's talking about is, uh, at least I picture it this way, you have somebody that's walking along a sidewalk and they take a piece of candy, they unwrap it, they eat the candy and they throw the wrapper away. Or somebody throws down a cigarette butt or something like that. Truth has fallen in the street like litter. It's something that is seen of no value. It serves no purpose. It's just discarded with no thought whatsoever. And one of the things that that tends to strike me uh, a lot, I think over the last couple of years, is the more things change, the more they stay the same. Technology may have changed. You know, medicine may have changed. Uh, The way we communicate, uh, at least the modes by which we communicate, have changed. People haven't changed a bit. People are not any different now than they were back in Isaiah's day. We're motivated by the same things. We have the same likes and dislikes. We're just like they were back then. And I think, uh, to a large extent, uh, in our day and time, truth is falling in the street it's worth nothing anymore and it it is an interesting thing to me to see some of the things that that people don't really seem to find strange anymore I know back when I was a a kid and this just kind of illustrates the fact that these things have been going on for you know forever you know a, a lot of us remember on Saturday morning you like to get up and go watch the cartoons. You know, you'd watch uh, Bugs Bunny or Popeye or Porky Pig or Daffy Duck or something like that. And we all enjoyed doing that when we were younger. Our parents didn't enjoy it so much though because of the commercials. Because those people are not stupid. And they thought if you have all these kids that are watching cartoons on Saturday morning, we're gonna gear the commercials to them. And so what what did they advertise? Uh, lots of, of, of sugar-filled cereal, you know, chocolate-frosted sugar bombs or something like that. And uh, somewhere in the commercial, they would always have a, a, a picture of the bowl of cereal and a plate that had eggs and bacon and toast, half a grapefruit, glass of orange juice, glass of milk, and they'd say, our, our chocolate-frosted sugar bombs are part of this nutritious breakfast. Well, you'd have been better off with the cereal. You threw threw the cereal away and ate the box. You know, yeah, technically speaking, it was part of that nutritious breakfast, but it was the least nutritious part of it. They were lying to us, but they did it in such a way that the government couldn't say, well, you're just out and out lying, so you can't show that commercial anymore. They learned ways around those things. And, uh, you know, you think about some of the things that are going on today, and you know, if you, had, if you were able to go back and talk to somebody from say 50 years ago, and you were to say something to them about, you know, in, in our day, people are going to say that if a man decides he's a woman, then he's a woman. And he can compete in women's sports. You have to call him she or her. You know, you have to go along with that because they said so. They'd say, you're crazy. You know, nobody would ever do that. So, well, yeah, we do. And we have to go along with it, they say. You have a politician that says we choose truth over facts. Now, when I heard that one, that was a real head scratcher for me because I always thought that truth and facts were related. They kind of went together. But evidently, in the minds of some people at least, they don't anymore. And, and I think I finally figured out where they were coming from on that one, I think what, what they see, facts are things that can't be disputed. You know, they're set in concrete, but now truth, in their minds, truth is flexible. You can kind of bend it around, you can shape it to be whatever you want it to be. Well, that's not the kind of truth that, that I grew up learning. Truth was truth. Truth. It was the same for everybody, everywhere, at all times. It's true. Now, you can have opinions about things. You like chocolate ice cream, I like vanilla. You like Chevy's, I like Ford's. You know, we have opinions about things, but there are some things that are either true or they are not. There is no middle ground anywhere there. It is a fact or it is not, but not in the minds of some people. Truth is falling in the street. You know, in John chapter 18, verses 37 and 38, Jesus is before Pilate, and Pilate asks him if he is a king, and he says, yes, he is a king. And he says, I've come that I should bear witness to the truth, and Pilate says, what is truth? Now, Pilate is not asking that question sincerely. Pilate is asking that question from the same standpoint that a lot of people today would. Well, you say that you've come to bear witness to the truth. You know, what's truth? You know, everybody's truth is different. Everybody has their own version of truth. And, and there are a lot of people, especially in the religious world these days, that feel that way about it. You can have your truth and I'll have my truth. We'll agree to disagree and we'll just go on about our business. And you say, well, well, wait a minute, you know, you're saying that, that this is absolutely not true, and I say it absolutely is true. One of us has to be right. And if one of us is right, the other one has to be wrong. And they won't admit to that. That was one of my, my, my favorite questions to ask uh, people that were Baptists. I, I worked with a lot of guys that were, they were very religious people. I've mentioned before that you could be having a a discussion about the Bible with somebody And you'd go uh, walking by and you'd ask one of the guys that was working there Hey, can I borrow your Bible for a second? And he would open up the top of his his toolbox and take a Bible out and hand it to you It it was that kind of a place All of these guys were religious at least to one uh, extent or another Though very few of them were members of the Lord's church but uh, you could you could ask a Baptist say you know I'm I'm, I'm confused how many different kinds of Baptists are there and it, well let's see you've got Free Will Baptists and you've got Missionary Baptists and you've got Primitive Baptists and I think there's probably a couple more of them by now you'd say oh okay so there there's different kinds of Baptists they teach different things right. And they'd say, well, you know, most of the stuff they teach is the same. But, yeah, there's a little detail here, a little detail there that they they teach differently. And that's why they're missionary Baptists as opposed to free will Baptists. And then you ask them, who's right? What? You teach different things, right? Well, yeah. Who's right? Well, uh, now we would like to say that we are, oh, so that means that the rest of them are wrong. Well, now I didn't say that, but you said you were right, and if you're right, then they're wrong. No, now they would not admit that anybody was wrong. But when you look at it, that's the way truth is. It either is or it isn't. It's true or it's not. We're not talking about matters of opinion We're talking about truth, facts. They either are or they're not. And you have to make a decision as to which one it is. You know, in Romans chapter one, in verse 18, the apostle Paul talks about those who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And there are a lot of people do that, religious and non-religious. You know, if they have their particular version of the truth, that's the only one they want to go with. They don't want to admit that anybody else has any claim on truth at all. You know, we're right, they're not. But they're going to suppress anybody that doesn't agree with them. And it's, it's been done that way in the religious world a lot. Uh, you know, there was a time back in Europe uh, around the 1300s, 1400s, where Religions went back and forth. You you were Catholic, you were Protestant, you were Catholic, you were Protestant. And they fought over this. You know, if we're Protestants and you're Catholics, then we're going to kill you unless you change. You know, if you're Catholics and, and they're Protestants, you're going to kill them unless they change. And they fought back and forth over this, killing each other left and right for years and years and years. Because they wouldn't admit at that time that somebody that didn't agree with them could possibly be right. At least they had that much of it correct, even though they were wrong in what they were teaching. But these days, you can't do that. You can't say that anybody's wrong. You know, there in Romans chapter 1, Paul goes on, verse 22, and talks about those who professing to be wise, they became fools. They said they knew it all. We know. We know what's going on. We know what the truth is and you're going to accept our truth and nobody else's and nothing else. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. They changed the glory of God into something else and demanded that everybody had to accept their version of the truth. And there's a lot of that that goes on. Uh, I, I've seen some uh, film of uh, Carl Sagan. Uh, Carl Sagan was a, a big name in science. Uh, used to make the circuit of talk shows and things like that. And He always talked about the millions or billions and billions of years. You'd see him on all kinds of shows on Science Channel or on History Channel or something like that. Uh, and he was one of those people that was absolutely convinced there was no god everything was just the uh, the product of, of a cosmic accident and uh, and he would he would tell people that I mean, he knows different now because he died some years ago but he would one of the statements that that always really i think highlighted for me more than anything else how stupid smart people can be is he said that the the chances of life evolving on this Earth, it's more than one in one followed by more zeros than there are electrons in the known universe. That's the chance of life evolving on Earth. One chance in one followed by more zeros than there are electrons in the known universe. That is a number that is so ridiculously big, there is no way you could possibly ever get your mind wrapped around it. And then he goes on to say, and isn't it wonderful, it happened anyway. And it's like, wait a second, you just told me that it is absolutely impossible for life to have formed on this planet accidentally through natural processes. And then you're going to say it happened anyway? I mean, come on, you're you're supposed to be the educated one, you're the one that's supposed to be smart. You just told me it's impossible and then you're gonna tell me that it happened anyway. One of the things that I, I find really interesting is the fact that so many people talk about religious people as being superstitious, you know, we're unreasonable, illogical. Uh, Basically, this is going over the bulletin article for this morning But then they're the ones who believe things that can't possibly be true Believing in God is the reasonable thing that God created the universe That's the reasonable way to look at it Because they say that an impossible number of impossible things happened When they will admit themselves that there's no possible way The, the, The reasoning goes like this You have two choices I love to break things down into what they call a binary solution set, two choices, because even I can keep up with that. Either God created the universe or it happened by accident. They don't want to admit that God created the universe because if they admit that, then they have to say, well, what does God want from me? They don't want to go that direction. They don't want to start looking at what God wants for them. So the only thing they got left, it happened by accident. And that's why they believe it because they don't wanna do what God says do. So they have to go that route, they got no choice. I don't believe that real atheists exist. Most of them are atheists because they don't wanna do what God says. So they'll tell themselves that God doesn't exist so they can go ahead and do whatever it is they wanted to do. But they suppress the truth in unrighteousness. They profess themselves to be wise and becoming fools. Verse 25 there in Romans chapter one, they exchange the truth of God for the lie they know what it is but they don't want to believe it so they'll just push it off to the side and say i don't want to i'm not going to admit to what god has to say and you you think about the uh the news media these days i saw a uh a piece by a guy not too awful long ago he was talking about bias in the news media and he says there was a time not too many years ago where the media was more or less unbiased. They would more or less tell you the truth. And he said these days they're biased and they don't care who knows it. They don't even try to hide it anymore. You know, if, if, if they like a candidate, they, they portray him in the best possible light. If they don't like him, they'll try to make him look as bad as they possibly can. If you have somebody in office that they don't like and they do something good, they're not gonna talk about it. If he does something that they can make look bad, they will because they're biased. So if we don't like him, we like them. And, and they make no secret about it anymore. They just go ahead and do whatever they want to. You can identify as whatever you want and get away with it. You know, this guy that identifies as a, as a female and he's winning all these swimming competitions You know, think back. How far would that have gone 50 years ago? If somebody suggested it, people would have just fallen on the floor laughing about it. You've got to be kidding. Nobody would do anything like that. But they do and expect us to buy it. You know, over in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul is is talking about some things that are, are going to happen After his death, he says the coming of the lawless one is verse nine is according to the working of Satan with all power signs and lying wonders and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish. So you have lying wonders. You've got unrighteous deception. And he says it's among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned, who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. If you want to believe a lie, God will let you do it. God is not gonna save you against your will. Some people believe that he will, but he won't. God has made us creatures of free will. And he has given us the ability to decide what we're gonna believe and what we're not. What we're going to follow and what we're not. We either say to God out of all meekness and humility, your will be done. I am going to do what you say to do or God very sorrowfully will say your will be done. If that's what you want, then that's what I'm going to let you do. He's not going to force us to do something else. He will let us believe the lie if we, if we have no pleasure in the truth. So many people think that it doesn't make any difference whatsoever what you believe in a lot of different areas, but especially in religion. There, there's a word for it, and I, I have forgotten what it is. And one of these days, I'm, I'm going to find it again. But it's, it's a word that means that in religion, all viewpoints are equally valid. You can believe that something is black. They can believe something is white. And both of you are right. Now, in, in any other area, people are able to look at that and say, well, that doesn't make any sense at all. But they will, uh, they will allow it when it comes to religion. You know, we can say that baptism is absolutely necessary for salvation. They say baptism is not necessary for salvation and somebody says you're both right. You can't be. But that's what they'll say. Everybody is right. If you believe it, if you are sincere in your beliefs, then that's okay, that's all God expects from you. God's no respecter of persons, I thought. If he requires something of me in order to be saved, then he's going to require the same thing from everybody else. He's not going to say, I have one plan of salvation for you and I've got a totally different one for you. He's no respecter of persons. We all have to obey the same thing. We all have to believe the same thing. And again, as, as, as brother Lester read there in John chapter eight, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Truth makes you free. Scriptural, biblical truth, nothing else. You know, I mentioned this morning during our, our Bible study time, Matthew chapter 7. Uh, when you look at what Jesus is saying there, and I have, I, I have absolutely come to the uh, to the conclusion that what Jesus is saying here in in verses 21 through 23 are are a clear true picture of what it's going to be like in the judgment because in Matthew 7:21 he says not everyone who says to me Lord Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my father in heaven many will say to me in that day Lord Lord have we not prophesied in your name cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. They are going to go into the judgment thinking that everything is fine. The preacher told them, all you have to do is accept Jesus as your personal Savior and then be a good person from then on out. That's what they said. That's what I did. Are you going to tell me now that they lied to me? Yes. He says, not calling him or calling him Lord, Lord is not sufficient. Most of the people that you know, I know it's true. Most of the people that I know, if you were to ask them, do you believe in God? They would say yes. If you were to ask them, do you believe that Jesus is the son of God? They would say yes. Do you believe that you ought to call Jesus your Lord and master? Absolutely. Do you love Jesus? Yes, I do. Have you been baptized for the remission of your sins? No, I haven't. Well, why not? Because baptism is just an outward sign of an inward change. I don't get baptized in order to be saved. I get baptized because I am saved. Well, who told you that? It's not in the Bible. Well, the preacher said so. That's what I've heard all my life. Well, now, wait a minute. It's not in the Bible. Well, the preacher told me that. And I have, I, I used to think this is one of those preacher stories that really didn't have any basis in fact until i had it happen to me one time i was discussing uh, salvation with somebody that was a member of a denomination and they were talking about their feelings being the important thing well how do you know you're saved well i had this feeling that came over me and i said i had the same thing happen to me once they said you did i said yeah i was coming down with the flu the feelings don't matter what does the bible have to say i wouldn't trade what i feel for a stack of bibles that high I, didn't, I did not believe that anybody would actually say that. I really didn't, until they did. They don't care what the Bible has to say. Feelings are their guide. And as soon as somebody tells you that, conversation's over. If they are going to judge truth by their feelings, if something is true because they want it to be true, then you have nothing left to say. You have no argument left to make. You just hope that sometime, some way, they're going to grow out of that and maybe come back and talk to you again. But there's nothing you can do. You can't argue with somebody that will not admit that the Bible is authoritative. And it is. But Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. It doesn't matter what you say, it doesn't matter what you think, it doesn't matter what you feel. What are you doing? Are you doing the right thing? And he says these people are going to say, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We did many wonderful things in your name. And, you know, your neighbors do the same thing. You know, they'll, they'll, you'll have a Baptist church will have a car wash so they can collect money and they'll send it to somebody in Haiti or something like that. They'll talk about all of the wonderful things they did. You know, we have these big giveaways where we give food to needy people, where we give coats to children that don't have them. We do all of these wonderful things. You say, well, that's great, but are you doing what God said do? You know, all of the good things that you can do in this life, if you're not doing them properly, are not going to do any good. You can't buy your way into heaven. You have to do what God says do first. And then he says, I'll, I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, it's an interesting word, and in the, in, in the way he's using it here is not that they're going out and doing a lot of bad things. When he says you practiced lawlessness, he means that you did not act as though there was a law that governed what you were doing. You are not putting yourself under God's law and doing what he said to do the way he said to do it for the reason he said to do it. You're not following his law. You're following your own law. And that is what he says is wrong. You know, in in John chapter 14, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, that is as plain a statement as you will ever find. Uh, There's somebody that will remain nameless for at least the next minute or two, who has the idea that the only things in the Bible you need to follow are the things that are written written in red ink. You know, a long time ago, they used to refer to them as red-letter Christians And what they meant was, you know, a lot of Bibles, they've had this custom for a long time, but words that they think Jesus said are printed in red ink, everything else is in black ink. And they would say, you don't have to follow anything that the Bible says unless it's printed in red ink. Well, this guy said, you don't have to follow anything in the Bible if it's not printed in red ink. And then somebody brought up John chapter 14, verse 6. He said, that's in red ink. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is the only Savior this world has. And he says, no, 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 no. You can't say that all of these Muslims are wrong or that Buddhists are wrong or that Hindus are wrong. You know, you can't can't do that. Why not? It's written in red ink. Uh, Oh, Well, that only occurs in John's gospel. And since it's only in one gospel, you can ignore it. Well, John 3.16 is only in one gospel, too. Does he want to ignore that one? For God so loved the world? No, he doesn't want to ignore that one. In other words, what he's really saying is you can ignore everything that I don't like. The only things you have to do are the things that I like. Going by his own feelings. That's the way people often do. And you have to be obedient to the truth and the whole truth. You know, we we tend sometimes to cherry pick. Uh, We pick the things that we like to do and say we need to do those. But if there are some things that we don't necessarily like, you know, we can overlook those. Or, well, that's not quite as important. You know, we'll just shove that one off to the side and worry about it at some other time. When the Apostle Paul was on his way back to Jerusalem, he stopped at Miletus And he sent for the elders from the church at Ephesus and asked them to come to him so he could talk to them. And he tells them, he says in verse 20, how I kept back nothing that was helpful. This is Acts chapter 20, verse 20. I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. Testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I didn't keep anything back. I, I told you everything. Verse 26, therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. That's one of the things that, that I, I hope makes most preachers a little bit nervous. They are going to be held, at least in part, accountable for what they taught other people. And there are some people out there, if it was me, I would be scared to death. Because God is going to hold them accountable for all of the false doctrine that they've taught. You know, people talk about some of these, oh, they're such nice people. Well, they're not telling you the truth, though. You know, and they are going to be held accountable for what they've taught. I testify to you this day that I'm innocent of the blood of all men. How can he say that? For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. I told you everything. I didn't leave anything out. There are, there are a lot of false teachers who are false teachers, not because of the false doctrine they teach. They're false teachers because of the doctrine they don't teach the things they leave out. You know, there are some of them that are not going to preach on marriage, divorce, and remarriage. You know, the elders say, hey, you know, we've got a couple of, of, of people here, and, and they're, they're real good uh, contributors, and, you know, if you preach on that, you're going to make them mad, and they might go somewhere else and take all their money with them. So, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Just, just don't talk about that. You know, you're not preaching anything false. You're just not talking about that. And they'll say, well, you know, just bought a new car. Kids are getting ready to go to college. I can't afford to lose this job. You know, it's not so bad if I just don't talk about one thing. You know, look at all of the good I can do in all these other areas. I'll just leave that one alone. And so they're a false teacher. They're not teaching everything they need to teach. People that won't teach about homosexuality. They're not teaching everything. And, you know, Paul says that he was free from the blood of all men. He was innocent because he taught them everything. You know, in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's all important, it's all necessary, and we need to believe it all. Truth is falling in the street. Sadly, that I think is true uh, of our country these days in a lot of ways. It's been that way, I think, uh, about religion for quite some time. And we need to make sure that we don't let it affect us. God's truth is God's truth. We need to believe it. We need to practice it. We need to teach it. That's what God expects from us. Teach the truth. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 23 buy the truth and do not sell it. It may be that there's someone here this morning that's not a Christian. If that be the case, you have the opportunity. God's given you another one. He may not ever do it again, but you could come forward this morning confessing your faith in Jesus as the Son of God, and you could be baptized to have your sins washed away. If you're an erring child of God, you need to go to God in prayer. Confess your sin to him from a repentant heart and ask him to forgive you, and he's promised to do that. If your sin is public in nature, then your repentance should be public as well so that you'll not bring shame and reproach upon the church. Or it might be that you're here and you just need to ask for the prayers of those that are gathered here for some other reason. Whatever your need is, we ask that you come forward and make it known while together we stand and sing.